This is the MyHeart.net podcast. This show is produced by Dr. Philip Johnson in conjunction with VitalEngine.com. Please welcome your host, Dr. Alain Bouchard of Cardiology Specialist of Birmingham, Alabama at St. Vincent's Medical Center, part of Ascension. So welcome to our podcast on LP little a or lipoprotein little a, a biomarker for heart disease and stroke. And with us today, we're fortunate to have Dr. Leslie Cho, who's a professor of medicine, as well as uh, interventional cardiologist and director of the Cleveland Clinic's Women's uh, Cardiovascular Center. She's also section head of preventive cardiology and rehabilitation, chief quality officer, again, at the Department of Cardiovascular you know, Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic. So, Leslie, thank you very much for taking the time and, and uh, helping us on this um, very interesting topic. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. Thank you, Leslie. So not too long ago, we did a segment with Dr. Steve Neeson, who is your um, a very, very uh, important collaborator for many years. I've worked together and your esteemed colleague, and it was on statin and, uh, and supplement. And uh, it was very, very interesting. The statin, of course, are so important. We've been treating our patients both for primary as well as secondary prevention uh, statin for over 30 years. Usually we can make quite an impact, particularly when the patients are taking the medication, um, which may be reducing the chance of stroke or heart attack by 30 to 40%. But there's still a number of patients, you know, 60 to 70% of our patients that are still at risk for a heart attack, for a stroke, for closing their stent or closing their bypass. So today, here we are, we're talking about this new, well, you know, so-called new for a lot of people, lipoprotein little a. I'd like for you to ask you, what is lipoprotein little a? How does it compare to LDL, the bad cholesterol? Is this like the bad and the ugly? That's a great way of putting it. So lipoprotein A is an LDL-like moiety. Um, it is, you know, it's been um, known about since the 1960s. It's not anything we eat or, you know, diet or exercise. It's something that is genetically inherited. And it is an important and a very potent risk factor for development of premature heart disease stroke and calcific AS. There has been multiple studies looking at its important role in primary prevention population. We have great epidemiological studies. We have great genetic studies. We have Mendelian randomization studies that have consistently shown its effect in terms of premature heart attack, stroke, and calcific AS. So what is the connection between the lipoprotein little a and this uh, atherogenesis or, or this, this kind of increased risk of stroke and, and heart attack? Yeah, so LP little a is both prothrombotic, proatherogenic, and pro-inflammatory. So it really is a, a bad player. So it so there's been studies, uh, our group has published a study looking at intravascular ultrasound. People who have um, elevated lipoprotein A have more plaque um, in their intravascular ultrasound. They have more atheroma. 
people who have elevated LP little a have an increased risk for having more inflammation. And we all know the important role of inflammation in cardiovascular disease. And then LP little a is, if you look at the compound, it looks a lot like plasminogen. And so it's prothrombotic as well. And so people who have uh, elevated LP little a, they unfortunately have the risk of having proatherosclerosis, proinflammatory, and prothrombotic risk. How do we measure LP little a? Is this just kind of a blood sample? How do we measure it? And actually, who should we be measuring and that's a, a fantastic question. So LP little a is a blood test. We should be measuring it. You know, the European came, came out with this guidelines on who should be getting LP little a. And I think the, I think the um, idea is very sound. We should be measuring LP little a at least one time in people who have history of premature heart disease in their family, people who have had heart disease diagnosed at a younger age, and then people who continue to have events. So people who've had a heart attack, people who've had a stent, who continue to have further events on therapy for LP little a. So this is interesting. In fact, when I'm seeing a patient and they come with their children, you know, a lot of times uh, they've had, you know, kind of their heart attack or stents in their, in their 40s. I'm looking at their kids and that potentially we can only not only influence, you know, make a difference with our patient, but potentially with their children as well. It's so-called primordial prevention, I guess. Absolutely. That is a fantastic point. You're right. Um, we should be measuring it in those uh, patients' children because you can really make a tremendous impact on that patient population. Um this notion of primordial uh, prevention actually is something that's near and dear to my heart. You know, one of the problems with LP little a is that, you know, sometimes people know about it, they don't measure it because they're like, oh, we, there's nothing we can do. But there's some data out there that shows that if you measure LP little a and that's elevated, you know, that you can impact patients in terms of healthy lifestyles so they can be exercising more, eating better, um, and, and perhaps getting these patients LDL down to less than 70 can have an impact on their cardiovascular event rates. So not so much that the healthy lifestyle or the statin would lower the LP little a, but they will influence maybe some of the other factors of the natrogenesis, right? That's absolutely right. I mean, unfortunately, LP little a is something you're born with. And so whatever number you have, it only it really is static. Maybe after menopause, it goes up a little bit. But for most people, it's fairly static. And so you can't exercise it away. You can't diet it away. But you can certainly lower your other risk. For example, you can lower your risk for high blood pressure. You can lower your risk for diabetes. You uh, obviously should not be smoking and maybe exercising, just getting everything else in, in alignment. Right. Good point. So let's say we have an elevated um, LP little a. Uh, before we start talking about it, some of the uh, studies that you're conducting and that, that are currently undergoing uh, to really target LP little a, do we have any mechanism to lower, you know, LP little a? For example, I I thought that uh, it used to be that we we thought we would lower LP little a with niacin, but when we look at the clinical trials, we had no impact whatsoever. 
Absolutely. You're right. I mean, um, niacin does, niacin at the highest dose does lower LP little a by about 30%. It really had zero impact on cardiovascular outcomes. Um, estrogen therapy, hormone replacement therapy also lowers LPA, but it all, again had really little outcome. What did have a benefit in the LP little a population, especially in postmenopausal women, was aspirin. Being on aspirin therapy did lower events. There are, um, for example, it's very interesting um, that you bring it up, but there is one thing that does lower LP little a, that is PCSK9 inhibitors. And when we look at Odyssey outcomes, which is alirocumab, uh, PCSK9 inhibitor, or evolocumab, which is Repatha um, in Fourier, um, we see that the PCSK9 does lower LP little a by around 25%, but it has a pretty dramatic reduction in absolute event rates in patients with um, who are on PCSK9 inhibitors who have elevated LP little a. That's very interesting. So what's very, very interesting now is what's coming up. Because finally, I feel like we have, we're going to have a treatment for elevated LP little a. This is quite exciting. I know you're very, very involved. Um, you know, with some of the clinical research ongoing, you're enrolling patient. And uh, so can you tell us a little bit, it seems like there's at least, at least, you know, two that are being studied now. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. New treatment. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. There is one um, that just finished enrolling in their phase three, which we are privileged to be part of and leading that effort at Cleveland Clinic. Um, Steve Nissen is the... Um, the overall study chairman, I'm one of the co-PIs, it's called LPA Horizon. So it is um, elevated LP little a greater than 70 milligrams per deciliter in patients with um, history of myocardial infarction. Um, it is around 8,000 patients. We finished enrolling in 2022. Um, we started that trial Right before COVID, um, it finished enrolling, thank goodness, and, and uh, hopefully we'll get a readout on that uh, study soon. The other trial that's just started enrolling is the Amgen's um, uh, small interfering RNA or um, SIRNA opalasarin uh, Oceans A that is going to be enrolling patients with elevated LPA greater than 90 milligrams per deciliter with a history of a MI or a history of coronary artery disease with a revascularization history. Um, that is gonna be enrolling around 6,000 patients. That's a phase three study. They're gonna be enrolling. They just opened that trial for enrollment um, uh, December of 2022. Um, and so we'll see how that goes. There is a uh, another very exciting drug um, out of London and Germany from a company that we've been fortunate to partner with um, called Silent Therapeutics. It is another siRNA um, uh, lowering of LP little a. And it is exciting because siRNAs, um, you know, you inject every three months to six months. The, um, the, the exciting thing about the trial that uh, Steve and I are doing, which is, which has finished enrolling, the LPA horizon is an ASO, which is anti-sense oligonucleotide, 
um, pelicarsen. Um, it's a, it's a injection that you inject every month. So, I mean, we're going to have very exciting news and we'll finally be able to answer that very important question in an era of high intensity statins and PCSK9 inhibitors. Does lowering LP little a reduce the risk? Right. So these are going to be outcome driven. And uh, we won't find out until probably 2024, maybe for your study, Horizon, is that right? I think we will, I mean, most likely the outcome trial for LPA Horizon, I would imagine, will be even 2025. Um, uh, Because the the follow-up is about five years. Um, And so we'll see how that goes. But I mean, this is an exciting time because all of us who have, study the LP little a um, for years, you know, we kind of like had no treatment. Um, And it was and finally, we get to know the answer to the question, does lowering LP little a work? So this is for outcome data. But we know we have some phase two studies, you know, determining that how effective these drugs are in lowering LP little a, right? They're pretty powerful. Very powerful. The 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 drug, the antisensor oligonucleotide, uh, pelicarsin, um, that lowers LP little a by anywhere to 70 to 85, 90 percent. The siRNAs lower um, LP little a by 80 to 90 percent. I mean, these are powerful, powerful drugs. Now there is aphoresis. You, you know how cumbersome apheresis is, and that's it's like dialysis. Exactly, know. exactly. A dialysis for cholesterol that has been approved in Germany for patients with LP little a, but that's not something you can, you know, that's not for prime time. That's not something that we can do for everyone because LP little a, having elevated LP little a, affects around 20% of the population. Right. So in the future, Leslie, let's say we care, you know, we we look like five years from now. How do you see integrating, you know, LP little a, its measurement and its treatment in clinical practice of cardiology? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. Um, I think the one important thing is that there are some cardiologists who even today they've never heard of LP little a and they don't believe in the role of LP little a. This is not a belief system. It is a, um, you know, it, it, it is science. It is very evidence driven. And I think that having people, you know, um, getting an LP little a, hopefully one time, at least in your life, will be a standard of practice. Um, and, you know, people come in and they get their cholesterol level checked at age 20 or 25. Hopefully they'll get their LP little a checked too. Um, and for people with history of premature CAD, their children will have their LP little a checked. Their siblings will have their LP little a checked. The other sort of big push is to standardize how the LP little a assay is done, nanomoles per liter instead of milligrams per deciliter, sort of standardizing the assay. I think that's another important um, factor. And then really sort of thinking about these risk factors in, in the whole field of cardiac risk factors. So not alone, but in a in, in the field. You think about your blood pressure, you think about your cholesterol, you think about your diabetes risk, you think about your obesity risk, family history, um, you know, smoking. 
And then, of course, within that family history is LP little a. Within that history of cholesterol would be LP little a. And then for people with, you know, depending on how these outcome studies would go, um, perhaps using an LP little a lowering agents um, for patients with established CAD. Well, um, very well said. And I think the, the future is bright and just getting brighter. Uh, thanks to your great work at the Cleveland Clinic. I mean, we know that you've always been in the forefront of clinical research as well as clinical care. And I know that for all of us cardiologists in the U.S., uh, we measure the care of our patient and, and, to, and we'll always ask, how do we stack up? you know, with people at the Cleveland Clinic. So, Leslie. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you for your kind words. Thank you. That's very generous and kind. Leslie Cho, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule and helping um, our patients as well as our residents and fellows, you know, in, in cardiology and making the cardiology world just a better place to be. Thank you so much. Thank you thank for you, having Thank you, Leslie. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bye-bye. To learn more from our team of cardiologists, please visit us at myheart.net. You can also follow us on social media by searching myheart.net on Facebook and Twitter. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss our next episode.